Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, friends, to another r slash am I the jerk here video. Would you be the jerk if you didn't want to attend a wedding because it was Game of Thrones themed? We'll find out, but first, a story from Culture Fantastic 4947 Am I the jerk for cutting off support to my daughter? I, 52-year-old male, have three children with my ex Tracy, 50-year-old female, Michael, 28-year-old male, Linda, 25-year-old female, and Victoria, 23-year-old female. We split because Tracy had an affair with Stan, a 55-year-old male, to whom she's now married. We never shared with the kids the reason for the divorce, as I don't want them to blame either of us. This backfired as the kids saw their mom move out of the house into a small apartment, and me keep living in the house and remarry two years after the divorce. So they saw me as the bad guy. Stan and Tracy let them pretty much do whatever they wanted, and I had to be the disciplinarian who made sure homework was done, appointments were made, and deadlines were met. My two oldest eventually came to realize that I wasn't the bad guy. My son, when he found out that his mother had put nothing away for college for him, as outlined in our divorce decree, and she told him to take out loans. My daughter, when she realized that her grades were going to keep her out of her desired program in school. My youngest never came around, so it was a surprise when her boyfriend asked for my blessing to ask for her hand. When I expressed that I didn't think she'd care about my blessing, he said she insisted on it. She began spending time with me, being polite to my wife, and it felt wonderful to have my daughter back. I went with them to book the venue, and they'll be getting married next summer. I paid the deposit in the first installment. I noticed that she was becoming less communicative again recently, ignoring my texts or giving one-word replies, and not coming over as much. On Monday, my son sent me a post from Instagram. My youngest had an engagement party this weekend, to which I was not invited. One of the photos was with her and Stan and it read, Anyone can be a father. It takes a real man to be a dad. This amazing guy has been my dad for 15 years, even though he didn't have to be. I am so blessed to have him walk me down the aisle next year. Hashtag daddy's girl. Hashtag future Mrs. X. My kids wanted for nothing their entire lives because I never let them go without. Even when they wouldn't talk to me, I made sure their needs were met. I texted Tracy to ask why I wasn't included. She replied that Victoria didn't want my wife there because she wanted a drama-free day. My wife has literally never started drama in her life. I asked if Stan and I would both be walking her down the aisle. Tracy didn't respond, but Victoria called me up, demanding to know what my problem was. I repeated my question, and she replied that no, Stan, her dad, would be walking her down the aisle. I told her that if that's what she wanted, I would be fine with it. I told her to let Stan know the next payment for the wedding is due in November. Stan and Tracy don't have the money for this wedding and think I'm being the jerk. Linda says if I do this, Victoria will never speak to me again. Michael's on my side. I'm gonna be honest, it might be petty, but I think it's time to tell them the truth about the situation here and OP's feelings about how they felt cut off when all along they never just wanted to make anybody the bad guy. 
I don't think they're the jerk either way for cutting off the funds when they're not even being invited and are being basically outcasted by their own kid. Especially when, apparently, from what OP said, they've never acted in a way that deserves being outcasted. It almost feels like there's something wrong here, because why is somebody who loves and supports their kid being pushed away like this? Also, it's pretty clear they used OP for the money. What do you guys think? After everything, is it finally time to explain to the kids why the divorce happened and explaining that OP was not the bad guy in that decision? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Hidden Concert. Would I be the jerk for not sending a gift for a wedding I wasn't invited to? My cousin Ted and I are close in age, a few years apart. We were always close as kids and even into adulthood, still kept in touch. Then Ted met Maddie a few years ago and started bringing her to family stuff. I don't have a problem with Maddie, but we just didn't click. We talk at family stuff, but she's not someone I want to hang out with or become friends with. My other cousin, Ted's sister, really clicked with Maddie. Which, cool and good for them, but I just don't. I'm nice and polite, but I don't go out of my way to become her bestie. My aunt, Ted's mom, really pushed her on me though. I don't know if it's because we're the same age-ish or what, but it was annoying. Anytime we were both at an event, she'd find some way to push us together. I felt like a little kid being forced to play with someone. My own college graduation party, grandparents had it because they have a bigger house and yard, had to be moved because Maddie had to work, and it wouldn't be nice to exclude her. Even though it was inconvenient for me and meant most of my friends couldn't come and I had to rush around. Anyway, like I said, I've never been rude or anything to her, just never really bonded with her. So Ted and Maddie are getting married soon. I knew he was engaged, but I didn't know where the wedding was when it was. Another family member asked what I was getting them for a wedding gift, and I said, I don't know. They said, better figure it out before wedding date, which is very soon. I said, oh, I didn't know. I wasn't invited. They said, well, maybe it's not personal. You should still get a gift for them. I asked my dad when he got his invitation, and I guess it was a while ago. I said it's crappy that I wasn't invited when I had to reschedule my party for them. He said that was a graduation party. This is a wedding. Now that you know about it, just be a bigger person and get a gift. Don't be petty. I don't want to buy them a gift, and I probably won't invite Ted to any future events I have. I don't know why I was left out when everyone else in the family was invited. Maybe because I'm the only cousin on this side. Maybe it's a budget thing. And not personal, but I don't want to spend the money on a gift when I wasn't cool enough to invite. To me, it's like having a birthday party and expecting someone I didn't invite to send me a birthday present. Am I the jerk if I don't send a gift? I am of the opinion that if you are not invited, you are not welcomed into that ceremony, you don't have to send a gift. I think OP's analogy is great. If you throw a birthday party and you don't invite somebody, you don't expect a gift from them. Send a nice card or something, but you don't have to get them anything crazy. Our next story is from Imaginary Agency 991. Am I the jerk for not wanting to be a stay-at-home mom? Okay, I already know it sounds bad, but I, 35-year-old female, and my husband Jeff, 37-year-old male, are currently expecting a boy. His first child, my second. I got pregnant with my first when I was 18, and his dad was never in the picture. I work as a substance abuse counselor, and I love my job. This is where it gets tricky. My job offered me 8 weeks PTO for when I have our son. I've been so happy because I didn't want to go right back to work soon. Me and Jeff got together when I turned 30 and he moved in with me because I own my house. 
We just got married this year and have talked about childcare multiple times, so he knows I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, I'm due in November and he just brought the idea up. I was very confused because we've already talked about this, but I guess my mother-in-law and sister-in-law believe I should stay home with our son as a mother and wife. I just don't understand where their opinions come in because I already know where they stand. Both of them stayed home with the kids. All three of them sat me down to have this talk and they want me to focus on the kids, cleaning up the house, making dinner and all of that, but I already work and do those things. Well, mother-in-law wanted to throw it in my face that I never got to be a stay-at-home mom because I was a single mom going to school and working, which she's not wrong, but it definitely made me pissed that she brought it up. I told them that I worked so hard to give my son a good life, and having another baby doesn't change my decision to keep doing something that I absolutely love doing. And if they all want someone to take care of the house and kids all day, then Jeff should be a stay-at-home dad because I make more money than him, and it would make more sense for him to stay home instead of me. It turned absolutely horrible after that. I got yelled at by mother-in-law and sister-in-law that it's not his role as a father to do those things, that he's the man of the house and should be the one making the money. Jeff just stood there not saying anything and I blew up and reminded all of them that it's my house, not his. I kicked mother-in-law and sister-in-law out, and Jeff is so mad at me that he went with them. He said he won't come back till I apologize to all three of them. So am I the jerk for not wanting to be a stay-at-home mom? I don't think OP's the jerk for not wanting to be a stay-at-home mom. I think what matters is, can you make it work? If you can make it work where you go to work and you still take care of your kids, then that's more than fine. I don't see why you have to do that. You don't have to be stuck in the 1950s nuclear family role. Our next story is from Puppy AITA. Am I the jerk for not taking a conversation about parenthood with my wife seriously? This sounds ridiculous because it is. I, 27-year-old male, don't want children. I've never wanted children. My wife Liz, 26-year-old female, is aware of this. I'm in the camp of, if it's not a resounding, I want this with my entire heart and soul, yes, then it's a no. I think kids are cool and wonderful and major sources of joy in life. Do I want to be responsible for raising one? Nope. Prior to getting engaged about a year and a half ago, I lived with my best friend, 28-year-old male, and had done so for nearly a decade of my life. He and I each adopted a dog while living together and call each other co-parents. We have doggy playdates on the regular, and I'm over at his place multiple times a week because of this. This morning, my wife brought up children. Like I said, she's aware of the fact that I don't want them. Her sister recently gave birth to our niece, and while looking at the photos, Liz said, Wouldn't it be nice if we had a baby, or something along those lines? I responded with, I'm already the co-parent of two babies, and I don't have room for any more. She got angry at me and said I wasn't taking her or the concept of parenthood seriously. I told her I have no reason to take this conversation or the concept of our parenthood seriously because we are never having kids. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here and there might need to be a sit down conversation at some point because very clearly OP expressed they don't want kids, they want a kidless life and if this is something that OP's wife is going to secretly be longing for, it's better to put that out on the table and have it in the know rather than bottle that up and have something brewing that is just kind of ignored. This next story is from Poppyfield02390. Am I the jerk for saying I won't make part of my family's lunches anymore? 
I, 37-year-old female, have four children and a husband. All my children are school-aged, 5, 7, 10, and 13, and my husband is 39. I make all of their lunches for the next day for them. It's usually a PB&J, chips and crackers, and a yogurt every day. It's cheap, easy, and they all like it. Sometimes if we have takeout or pizza or something the night before, and the member didn't finish their portion, they'll get it in their lunch the next day. This is especially the case for my 7-year-old, who doesn't eat much at once, and will likely be the case for my 5-year-old, as she eats the same way. Additionally, sometimes I'll use a different jelly or crunchy peanut butter with the creamy, or use honey instead of jelly, or sub and use a turkey and cheese. Plus, the side is switched up regularly, and the yogurt flavor is always different, so there's a lot of variety within a sandwich, side, and a yogurt. With that being said, I understand that having the same thing over and over can get boring. If I'm asked to sub an item and I can, I will. This is when my oldest started complaining about lunches being boring in that complaining tone kids use. I wasn't hurt. I asked what he would like instead, and he shrugged and said, Something not boring. At this point, my husband and second oldest joined, echoing the sentiment with no solutions. At this point, I was nearly crying, which I don't do in front of my kids, but hearing my husband say these things without any solutions hurt. I said, fine. If they find my lunches so boring, then they don't have to eat them, and I won't make them anymore. That they're all welcome and old enough to make their own lunches, and I'll just make them for my two youngest. Or my oldest kids can simply get school lunches, something they've been vehemently against, saying the meals are gross, as I know those menus are different every day, and that will offer some variety. They immediately backtracked on their statements, but I stood firm. They're all old enough to make their own lunch. Just tell me if you decide you need lunch money. My older kids grumbled, but they managed to make their own sandwiches. My husband was the biggest child of them all, complaining that the kids have the option of school lunch, that the school can't and won't let a kid go hungry, but work doesn't give a freak if he eats or not. I just kissed his cheek and said there's bread and peanut butter in the kitchen. Not to mention he can drive to McDonald's and get something he wants. He continued to get angry and slept in the basement last night. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk because they're just looking for a little appreciation here, right? Here they are doing stuff that honestly they don't have to do and a lot of parents make their kids make their own lunch and they're just dumping on their parent and not providing any solutions. Listen, if you want a fruit roll-up every day, just mention it. If that's what makes it not boring, if you want a Capri Sun, give them something that they can do to make it not boring, rather than just say, ah, what do you make is boring. This next story is from Silly Mouse. Am I the jerk for refusing to give my window seat to someone's kid? Months ago, I booked a JetBlue flight from San Francisco to New York City and realized I accumulated enough points over the years to purchase a first-class seat for free. I had the option to pick my seat, and I always choose the window. Even when I'm flying economy, I always pay the extra fee to select seats in advance for one, to ensure I'm not kicked off when it's overbooked later, and two, simply because I like the window seat. I'm a geography nerd and enjoy looking out the window. Anyway, the day of the flight comes, and a woman and her two kids are assigned next to me in the first class cabin. The lady asked me if I could switch seats so her kid could have the window. If this was economy, I would probably switch so the kid could have the window even though I would be miffed since I had selected it in advance and the mother didn't. 
However, I don't get to fly first class very often and was looking forward to this flight. So I simply said, no, sorry. The kid threw a fit. The mother gave me a glare and pretty much tried to guilt trip me into switching, but I just ignored her. I might be a jerk for refusing to give my first class window seat to a kid, but at the same time, every passenger has the option to choose their seats. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In advance. And if she wanted the window seat for her kid, she should have reserved it in advance. Plus, her kids are flying first class. Some people never get to fly first class in their lifetime. My friend thinks I'm the jerk, so I'm turning to you, Reddit. Am I the jerk? I think OP is absolutely not the jerk. I think if you pay for a seat, you deserve to get that seat, darn it. Good charity, bad charity, I don't care. Sorry, kid, your mom doesn't love you enough to buy the window seat. Also, guys, now is the best time to ask, what is the best seat on an airplane? Window, middle, or aisle? Because I am a staunch window believer, but I know not everybody agrees. Let me know. This next story is from Not My House, AITA. Am I the jerk for refusing to pay rent to my boyfriend's mortgage if I move in with him? My boyfriend, 33-year-old male, and I, 29-year-old female, have been dating for three years. He owns a house and lives there by himself. I live in an apartment by myself. We've talked about moving in together, as that's the logical next step in our relationship, and we both want to do it. But I have some hang-ups related to moving into a house that I don't have any stake in. I'm refusing to pay any money that would go directly towards his mortgage. I don't have any stake in the house. Why would I contribute to his mortgage payments? I'm okay helping with utilities, groceries, household items, etc. But paying his mortgage is a hard no for me. I just don't think it makes any sense for me to pay towards his mortgage when I would get nothing from that if we were to break up. His argument is that I would essentially be living with him for free and it would cause an uneven dynamic in our payment towards shared living expenses, which I kind of get. But at the same time, he's the one benefiting from paying down the mortgage and gaining equity, not me. He also argued that his mortgage is pretty much exactly what I was paying in rent. So by cutting that in half, I'm saving a lot of money on living costs compared to living on my own. Which, yeah, that's nice too, but legally, it's still not my house. I told him the only way I would pay money for rent is if he signs a contract with me, stating that any money I pay towards his mortgage will be paid back to me by him in the event that we break up. It would also allow me protection from eviction and other basic tenant rights, similar to a rental agreement. He's refusing to sign anything like that because, in his words, I could break up with him for no reason and then take him to court for thousands of dollars. Which I suppose is true, but I wouldn't just break up with him for no reason. 
The whole situation is driving a wedge between us and he's pissed at me for being so difficult when all he thinks he's asking is that we split living expenses 50-50 if we are to live together. To me, it's not that simple when he's the one owning the house we would live in. If I were on the title, it would be a different story, but he's not willing to put me on the title because he's lived there for 7 years already. My lease at my apartment is up in 2 months and I know I need to make a decision sooner than later. It doesn't help that my landlord's going to be increasing my rent, and similar apartments in our area are going for even more than I'm currently paying. But I just don't feel right contributing money towards his mortgage. I also know that if I renew my lease, it's pretty much a dagger to our relationship, which I don't want because I do love him and see a future with him. I just want to make sure I'm protected. I can tell my boyfriend's patience on this is wearing thin and he's upset with me for digging my heels in on this, but for me, this is about protecting myself for the worst case scenario while he's not really risking anything. I think OP is a huge jerk on this, I'm not gonna lie. OP is going on and on about how this is protecting themselves, but this isn't protecting themselves, this is paying for a place to stay. Imagine how shattered OP's reality would be if they found out that any of their landlords at any place they've rented had a mortgage that they were paying on those properties. And we better darn sure make sure never to stay at an Airbnb because they could be paying mortgages on those and that's just unfair. You know, you just gotta protect yourself, right? Protect yourself from what? Being jealous that he owns a house that's being contributed towards? Yeah, it's going to his mortgage, but what's the alternative? You go and you pay a buttload more to hand the money over to somebody else. Yeah, you're really protecting yourself in that situation. Don't save the money because he's got a mortgage. Renew the more expensive lease and pay more money elsewhere. I don't mean to sound too harsh, but maybe it would save OP's boyfriend the trouble if they just went ahead and renewed the lease and dipped. This next story is from FluffyStrain6713. Am I the jerk for not wanting to attend a Game of Thrones themed wedding? My friend Lex is getting married soon. She and her husband are extreme Game of Thrones fans. They've watched the show 5 plus times. Their house is decked out with Game of Thrones themed decorations and accessories etc. Because of their shared love of Game of Thrones, Lex and their fiance decided to have a Game of Thrones themed wedding. I'm perfectly fine with the idea of a themed wedding. I'm even okay with the Game of Thrones dress and costume for the wedding. The only thing I can't seem to get behind is the fact that the majority of the wedding will be conducted in High Valerian. For those who don't know, it's a made up language from Game of Thrones. Her wedding is also a destination wedding, and I'm finding it hard to justify going out of my way to go to a wedding that's not even in a real language that I won't be able to understand. Am I the jerk if I don't go? I mentioned that I was having doubts to Lex and she got really mad at me because I originally had said I could go before I knew it was in High Valerian. She's also been sending me links to learn High Valerian on Duolingo and I feel like even if I did show up, she would be mad at me for not learning it. I think OP's not the jerk, not necessarily because of the High Valerian thing, but just because they're not really obligated to attend any wedding. Especially a destination wedding, it's much easier to just say it's just unrealistic to make it. You can give them all your love, all the best, and just simply not go. You're not forced to go. Our next story is from Crab Legs and Prime. Am I the jerk for telling daughter I'm disappointed in her and won't take her out to a second restaurant? My daughters, 14 and 16, are on the same dance team. Their team won a competition on Sunday, and we were all so excited and proud of them. 
After the competition, my dad suggested we go out to eat and said he would pay for wherever we wanted. Older daughter, who loves seafood, has been asking for years to go to a restaurant that has unlimited crab legs. But it is a very pricey restaurant, so we've never been able to. She immediately suggested this restaurant. My dad liked the suggestion. My younger daughter suggested we go to her favorite restaurant, a local Mexican restaurant instead. We've been there many times as it's much more affordable. Knowing this would be a wasted opportunity, I said older daughter's suggestion made more sense because it was somewhere we'd never been. Younger daughter complained that she wouldn't like anything there, but I assured her the menu would have more than crab legs. We got there, and sure enough, there were many dishes that didn't have seafood, including steak, the youngest's favorite. Even though there were dishes without seafood, youngest daughter said she wasn't hungry because the restaurant smelled weird. I ordered her steak anyway. Younger daughter pouted throughout the meal. She picked at her steak. Older daughter was very happy and completely absorbed in the crab legs. My mom tried to talk to my younger daughter about the competition, but she wasn't responsive. At the end of the meal, we were all stuffed except for the youngest. My dad told everyone to pick a dessert to go, except for the youngest because she's clearly not hungry. I asked my dad to leave her alone and he did, but she was already upset. When we got home, I tried to talk to her. I explained that this was a rare opportunity and sometimes we need to let someone else have something nice. I told her I could have taken us to the Mexican restaurant this weekend. She said it's not the same because the restaurant we go to the night of the competition is special and we went somewhere she didn't like. I pointed out that she didn't know she didn't like it because she didn't try it. She said I know she hates seafood and that the restaurant's known for its seafood, so of course she wouldn't want to go there after a special event. She was annoyed all Monday and Tuesday but started to mellow on Wednesday. This morning she asked if we're going to the Mexican restaurant tomorrow. I said not this week because of her behavior, but we'll see next week. She wasn't happy. Am I being too hard on her? I think she was very rude to her grandparents, but I know when you're a teenager, everything feels like a bigger deal than it is. Should I have just let her behavior slide and taken her to the Mexican restaurant? I'm definitely not a parenting expert. But I think OP's not the jerk here, and I think what they've done here is actually really good. I'm of the opinion that you should not enable that kind of behavior at all, unless you want to foster a kid that grows up to be pouty and complaining and moody for multiple days just so they can get what they want. You don't want to condition a kid who's just coming into their own to ever repeat that kind of behavior. Even when they're done being moody, that doesn't mean everybody else moves along with them. Our next story is from Beauty Songstorm. Am I the jerk for telling my mom her stepdaughter is possessive and she needs to do better to keep her away from me? My mom married Jeff when I was 6 years old. My dad died 2 months earlier, but my parents were divorced at the time. Jeff and his daughter Emma lived in another state, and all four of us moved to a new place to start over. I met Jeff and Emma 2 weeks after my dad died. Mom made a fast move because she now could with dad not able to stop her. Right from the get-go, Emma's been clingy, possessive, and kinda a little creepy too. I didn't like her from the first day we met because she told me Jeff was my dad now and that I needed to learn how to be a family with them because she wanted a sister and a mom. It upset me so bad because I was missing my dad. He wasn't gone that long and I had this strange girl telling me to replace him already. I told her that her dad wasn't my dad and I missed my dad. She told me she didn't care and things were different. 
I went to my mom, who told me to give Emma and Jeff a chance, and said Emma likely got overexcited. Emma has continuously made life so awkward for me. She insisted we share a bedroom, which my mom and Jeff said yes to despite having a spare bedroom. She started wearing my clothes and telling me I could wear hers. All fine with mom and Jeff. She hated how I kept in touch with my best friend from back home. Hated it even more when a year later, my best friend's family moved nearby and we got to see each other again, versus just talking over the phone. She was rude to her, told her to leave me alone, told me I had to spend time with her instead of my best friend. Emma tore up photos of my dad and told me that he was the past and her and Jeff were the future. She did get into trouble for that, but then I got into trouble for not letting it go. I was nine at the time, I think. Emma tells everyone I'm her sister and we're so close, whereas I'm more honest with people I'm close to and don't hold back on how unhappy I am at home. Over the years, nothing's changed much, only she's far more obsessive now. Jeff doesn't like me because he really doesn't like that I don't consider him my dad. And I'll be honest, I don't think of him as a parental figure even though I know he is. I don't love him and I hate Emma, which he also knows. My mom's talked to me before about being nicer to Emma and to stop pushing her away so much. She got on my case again about it because I wouldn't go to camp with Emma we're both 16 now by the way, that she wanted to go to that allowed almost like a sibling-like experience. So mom was mad at me and yelled at me and I eventually kind of snapped and told mom that she needed to fix how possessive Emma is and do better by me because I'm her daughter, I lost my dad, and she threw me into such a screwed up dynamic and never cared about what it did to me. I told her at the very least she needs to keep Emma away from me. Mom was mad and said I portrayed Emma like some sort of bad person. She's still mad. Am I the jerk? I don't think OP's a jerk here. OP explained it the best when they said that they got tossed into a very tumultuous situation that really any kid at that age going through those circumstances would find it probably very hard to adjust. I'm just left feeling bad for OP. And our final story of the day is from Zmore Wits. Am I the jerk for being angry at my wife for not making a dinner? We have a 10 month old daughter, wife's on parental leave so usually she's taking care of the baby while I work. Then we switch, then in the evening she puts the baby to bed and I spend the night with her. Daughter as in I feed her, change her, calm her down when she wakes up etc. Now on Saturday wife got diagnosed with shingles. So she's quarantined from the baby as in they don't have any contact at all. She feels 100% fine other than the spots on her back. So Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we had a public holiday, so no work. I spend 100% with the baby, while wife did various housework. We managed to find a nanny for my work hours for the rest of the weekdays. On a Wednesday, wife comes into my office and room, remote work, and tells me to finish up the dinner as she's going to get her nails done. So I spent an hour in the kitchen making dinner for us and the baby. Nanny stayed a bit longer while I made dinner, then spend the rest of the day taking care of the baby. Now, I was pretty angry when she said she didn't have the time to finish the dinner. I mean, I work 8 hours, then spend the rest of the time taking care of the baby, and she didn't have the time to make dinner for the baby? Really? Now she's angry at me for getting angry at her, and I wonder whether I was not fair. I think OP's being the jerk in this situation. Could they have gotten the dinner done? Yeah, probably so, but 
Considering the circumstances, considering how tired they have to be, considering the shingles and the constant being a mom, if you gotta make a dinner one day, it might suck, but you don't need to blow up over it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another Am I the Jerk here story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.